Hello, and welcome to A Glimpse into the Future. My name is Rigas Hadzilakos, and in this podcast series, I talk to some of the world's leading experts to better understand how new technologies and ideas will shape our future. In this episode, I meet with Alan Kohn. Alan is an adjunct professor at Georgetown University Law Center and also a co-chair of the World Economic Forum's Council on the Future of Cybersecurity. Alan, welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. So, Alan, today everyone is connected. Uh, we see the digital disruption of industries. Uh, everything is online, smart government. Um, we all hear about breaches in security, cyber threats, but seem, things seem to, to go quite smoothly overall. How, what do you think? How, how safe are we in reality? Well, I think that may not be the best way to think about the threats that we face. It is interesting to see how we've become accustomed to cyber breaches uh, around things like personal information or credit card information. But this is really just the beginning, the, the, the scratching of the surface. Uh, some of the more disturbing things that we've seen are now the, the wholesale theft of, uh, of full medical health records or, or other types of more voluminous uh, uh, collections of personal information that are either sold at much higher prices or can be used for more, more nefarious purposes. We've begun to see attacks uh, that are aimed more at destruction uh, or aimed more at undermining reputations or trust or, or industries or governments even. Uh, and, uh, and the use of uh, information warfare uh, and the use of stolen information to accomplish political aims of, uh, in a number of ways. So I think that when we think about cybersecurity going forward, we need to think more expansively uh, than, what we've, than just what we've seen so far. That sounds really important, and that seems to be a trend on one hand. Uh, what is the trend of our cybersecurity? Are we getting better at containing or, or maybe eradicating the threats or responding to them? So it is, it's always harder to be on defense than on offense. Of uh, and right now, uh, the offense is innovating very, very quickly. We're lucky to have a, a worldwide cybersecurity industry uh, that's working very hard to keep up with the threats technologically. Uh, and we have to be careful not to do things that interfere with the ability to continue to innovate on the defensive side. But of course, the problem and the challenge of cybersecurity is not just technology. It is human nature, human fallibility, uh, human action, uh, the interaction between, uh, between humans and machines. Uh, some people are, like to say that the biggest vulnerability in cybersecurity is in between your fingers and the keyboard. So, uh, so it's important that we continue to innovate technologically, but we also have to pay attention to the human side uh, of cybersecurity. So how, how do we do that? Is that uh, each person for himself need to be a bit more thoughtful about these things, or are there some policies that you have seen succeed or you, you imagine we should put in place to, to put, in, put this thing into account? Well, I think it, it, it takes a little bit of all of it. And in a certain way, uh, there are things that we know uh, in our lives that we wouldn't do without maybe some practice, uh, maybe reading up on what the risks are, 
think about driving a car or a motorcycle or something of that nature, where you can you know what the risk is, you can understand it, uh, and there are certain actions that you take to understand uh, the machinery or the activity before you engage in it. It's very easy to pull your pull a computer out of a box, turn it on. Oftentimes, the the batteries even come charged, and you can you could just go right from there. Uh, so I think. A combination of things. Number one, public education and awareness, just about basic cyber hygiene, mm -hmm. uh, about uh, uh, the ways to, to use and safeguard passwords, uh, dangerous and, and, uh, and vulnerable places uh, that you might visit with a browser, uh, what phishing is, and the, 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 the fact that people may send you emails uh, that have suspicious links or suspicious attachments. And so that's really the, the beginnings. I think that public education uh, early in life, in, in, uh, in elementary schools and, and of younger people, uh, will do a lot to help uh, close that gap. And then we see a lot of activity in the workplace now. Uh, more companies trying to fish their own employees, basically sending out emails that have suspicious attachments or links. Uh, and if you click on them, they bring you to a page that says you need to be more careful with your cyber hygiene. And so all of these things that help just acclimate people to the risks that they face, acclimate them to what is safe and what is risky behavior, uh, and, and, and acclimate them to basic cyber hygiene will help really uh, clear out a lot of the basic threats that we're seeing. Unfortunately, there's still more that needs to be done for some more of the advanced threats, but that basic cyber hygiene would, would go a long way. That sounds, that sounds logical, uh, as with any, as you mentioned, any technology to, to know its limitations and uh, what needs to be done. What about governments? How, how are they doing in this, uh, in this race? And are there some that are ahead? I imagine there are some that are better than others, and why, why in your opinion? Uh, does that work? You know, it's interesting. When we think about new technologies, a lot of times over the last uh, hundred years, uh, we think about new technologies being transitioned out of military or government applications. We think about uh, atomic energy or space technology. This is a, these are places where governments have spent a lot of time uh, playing around with the technology, understanding it, and thinking very hard about what it would mean to transition it from a governmental setting to a or from a military setting to a civilian setting. The new technologies we have today are not like that. These are, although uh, the, the, the concept of the internet and some of the tools that we have now uh, originated in uh, research programs and research labs, for the most part, this has been developed completely in the private sector, and the government is really playing catch up here. Um, and I think you see that from some of the uh, major breaches that have occurred in the United States and elsewhere of governmental systems uh, where either systems have been breached, information has been stolen, personal information has been taken and released. Uh, so this is an area where government struggles along with industry and individuals. You do have some uh, examples of, of governments uh, taking steps to be more forward-looking. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of us look at Estonia, uh, mm -hmm. and obviously by necessity, but their, uh, their efforts to both uh, increase their cybersecurity and also look to new technologies like uh, blockchain technology and others to put records and other government functions into a more secure, more resilient environment. Uh, then it, uh, and in that way, kind of really safeguard the, the functionality of government and the information that's entrusted to government. 
you mentioned the blockchain and I know there are other also emerging technologies that can help the good guys in, in, the, in the fight. Uh, can you tell us a bit more on how you see in the next 10 to 15 years uh, these technologies uh, being a, a good ally in our fight against cyber threats? No, it's interesting. I mean, I think that, that as we harness more technology for cyber defense, in a sense, we as humans get overwhelmed Uh, with the information. So uh, uh, companies in particular have become very good at detecting threats, but the volume of threats is so great uh, that, the, that the signal gets lost in the noise. Um, and so using technologies like artificial intelligence or machine learning to help sort threats uh, and to help understand uh, through pattern recognition or other types of, of, of analytic tools, what threats really need to be moved to the front of the line, what needs to be actionable, what doesn't, um, are, are very promising technologies. Uh, the blockchain, uh, blockchain technology is another promising technology. This is a, this is a, a technology obviously born of use uh, to underpin digital currencies, to, to underpin Bitcoin. Uh, and that's important if you think about it because in a sense that's a technology that's, that was designed to be able to securely transmit and store value. So it is designed with security and resilience kind of integrated into its base layer as opposed to something that's added on later. Uh, and so now with more development of that underlying blockchain technology, you have more secure, more resilient ways uh, to authenticate identity, uh, to store information, to transfer value. Uh, and so these types of tools and many others are the types of things that I think we'll see harnessed uh, more and more in the future to help secure our networks, to help secure our systems, and to also help try to remove some of that human error and human vulnerability uh, from the process. Is artificial intelligence on the other side also a very powerful tool for, for the bad guys? And you did mention that usually the bad guys are one step ahead. So how, how much does that worry you? Well, it is. Again, you know, all of these technologies are agnostic to their user. Um, and... Uh, Uh, and in fact, as we think about new technologies, in a sense, uh, criminal communities are often early adopters. And if, and if they're not using your technology, there may be something wrong with your technology, right? So uh, with in, in terms of artificial intelligence, it's interesting. We've had uh, important discussions here uh, about, you know, within the, the near to medium term, are we really going to be looking at a future of... Uh, artificial intelligence versus artificial intelligence for cybersecurity. And it's, we're probably not at that point yet, um, but we are certainly going to see artificial intelligence being harnessed by both the offense and the defense. And, and it's easily foreseeable that some of these crime syndicates, uh, kind of crime as a service providers, uh, would begin to integrate this kind of technology as well. So all of these conversations we had here in Davos Uh, how optimistic are you for the future? Did you see a lot of people recognizing uh, the threat in its actual dimension? Do you feel there's a lot of work to do with decision makers uh, on how serious they're taking this? Um, I mean, this is an interesting moment in time and, and you can't help but, uh, but see the concern about, uh, uh, about the direction uh, of many trends. But it's hard not to be encouraged here in Davos. When you talk to the range of people who are here from government, from industry, from civil society, from academia, uh, thinking about how to 
you know, improve all of the elements of the world, and especially those who are, who are thinking about how do we protect governments, how do we protect industry, uh, how do we protect and enhance trust uh, mm -hmm. and enable trust, even in a world where that seems to be or potentially be receding, it's hard not to be optimistic. It's also very noticeable uh, that there is a tension at the highest levels of government, of industry, of civil society to the seriousness of this problem. Um, it's become much more rare that you find uh, a government official or a senior industry uh, executive saying, well, that's not, a, that's not a problem that I have to deal with. That's not a problem for my industry or my department of government. Uh, there's a pretty broad recognition of the challenge and uh, an, enth an enthusiasm about figuring out what are the solutions that will work. Let's hope we find those solutions. Alan, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you so much for having me. That was Alan Kohn, adjunct professor at Georgetown University Law Center. My name is Rigas Adzilakos, and that was all from this episode of A Glimpse into the Future.